Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and this episode is brought to you by the Members Academy. In today's episode, we're going to look at a general training reading, which is by no means any easier than an academic reading. Today's reading is a, a part three, section three reading, and it's not easy. That's all I'm saying. It's not easy. Um, before we look at that, I just wanted to remind you that there are about three days left before the prices for the Members Academy go up. Um, they don't go up by a huge amount, but at the moment they're just $18 per month for absolutely everything that you get in the Academy. And I just wanted to uh, give you a little bit of background information about that. So um, $18, um, $3 of that goes to the payment uh, processor, like PayPal, for example. So that leaves me with $15 and I pay tax of about $3, $3 I guess, you know, 22% tax in the UK. So I only get about $10, to be honest, out of that. And then I rent my website, which costs about $20 a month. And so basically the price of one person in the Members Academy, for me, I probably get about $5. So I just want you to know that that's, you know, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it because I truly believe that I've got a lot of things to share. I could charge 30 pounds an hour. I could work at the university and get £33 an hour. But if I did that, um, I'm not reaching enough people. I, if I do one-to-one -one lessons, obviously, I can only do basically a very limited amount in that one hour, and yet they're paying £30. If you pay just £18, you get all of those hours in video form and worksheet form. Um, so I think the price is extremely low. But the reason I'm putting up putting it up is that I do want to have more time available so that I can reach more people. So at the moment, I still work part-time um, and I don't have that much time to do what I want to do to make more courses um, and I want to keep them at a very low price. So that's all I wanted to say. Um, I am putting the prices up so that I can still make the Members Academy work for both you and for me. So if you're on the fence and you're not sure, remember you can still cancel after a month. You'd still get all of those amazing materials for just $18 which really is the less of a price of the price of a course book. And remember, I'm putting all of my um, years of experience with IELTS, I'm condensing it, and I'm choosing the best materials so that you've got them all in one place. Anyway, I won't go on anymore. I just wanted you to know that. Um, and I please feel free to fast forward. I was too late now. You might have listened to it. Anyway. Uh, right. So, yes, onwards and upwards. So this afternoon, I've spent most of the afternoon preparing the podcast, which is a general training reading. And half of the reason why it took a long time is actually I really wanted to get to grips with it. I thought it was quite tricky. Um, and then I have to put that on my website later. Um, that takes a bit of time. It's not there yet. Um, and then I make a worksheet with all the explanations and the colour coding, which goes into the Members Academy and you can print it off there. So everything I do takes about four or five hours. 
Um, and that's why I want to free up a bit more time to do that uh, more regularly, basically. Okay, so let's have a look at this reading. It's called Snake Oil. Now, if you've got any kind of background knowledge, is what I talk about quite a lot of how much this can help you. Um, snake oil is a, an old fashioned word for when people sell medicine that doesn't actually do anything. So it, it kind of, um, well, it, it deceives the person who buys it. You know, it's just like putting water in a bottle and selling it for $50. Um, and that's why it's called snake oil. It's got a kind of history. And the reading we're doing today is is all about the history of of that tradition of, you know, using herbal medicines and making money out of them. But but the reading is actually interesting because um, it relates to a herb or a herbal medicine or a flower, which has different pronunciations. I'm going to call it Echinacea. I know some people say Echinacea, and I apologize if I've got the wrong pronunciation. But the point is, this whole reading is about Echinacea how it's a flower, how it was believed to have um, special medical properties, but then people thought that people were just selling flowers and it had, couldn't do anything. And now new evidence suggests that it does actually work, that it is actually effective. So as you can imagine, the reading is chronological, which means it goes in order of time. And this does help us again here, as it always does, because what we have to do here is match headings. Now, we don't like this, do we? No. And in this particular one, there are 11 headings to match and there are six paragraphs. Um, they actually give you two of the headings. So they give you heading for section A and section B. Then you have to find a heading for C, D, E, F, G and H. So that's six more headings. So that leaves how many? Uh, four, which are not used, if I'm right. I'll check at the end now. So that's quite a lot of information floating around, um, you know, and, and on top of that, what I find really difficult about this kind of exercise is that you've got the 11 headings, the six paragraphs and the two which they give you, plus the four which are not used. And on top of that, you've also got, OK, you've got the question number. So the question number is 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. Each question number matches a section which is labelled a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. And then each section matches a heading which is labelled with a Roman numeral, you know, so I or two I's or three I's or IV. I find that whole thing very confusing. So that's what I'm going to try and focus on helping you with today. Um, I also thought it might be useful if I give you a quick run through of the actual passage um, then again, just use this as listening practice um, and vocabulary practice. If you're planning to go and read the text yourself, then um, either come back and listen to my explanations or just get the most out of this uh, for vocabulary and pronunciation. So this is the story. It starts with back in the days of America's Wild West. 
um, with cowboys and gunfights, um, the phrase snake oil entered the language and it was a, a, a term which kind of dismissed medicines which were useless um, and they claimed to cure everything from baldness to snake bites. So um, this is the introduction, the background of this term snake oil. Um, and it talks about how the people, the snake oil sellers, had to usually leave town before the customers realised that the cure was absolute rubbish. Um, so that's the background. Then it goes to paragraph B, um, saying that actually not only were they pointless and useless, they were also dangerous. Um, however, since then, they've realised that there was some truth in some of those ingredients. Um, for example, echinacea, echinacea, which they introduce. Um, they said it was first of all used as a blood purifier, but it also cured a host of other ailments. Now, ailment is another word for disease or illness. Um, it gives you the background and it says it comes from North America. It's a flower um, that it was used by Native Americans um, for all kinds of things, gum disease, colds, arthritis, snake bites. And then when the settlers came to America, they realised that it could be useful, um, although a lot of people thought it was nonsense. Um, and it names a few of those people who um, actually used it. And then one of them went on to set up the Lloyd's Brothers Pharmacy. Now, in the UK, we still have Lloyd's Pharmacy. So that's quite interesting. Anyway, um, then it moves on to modern day, talks about modern antibiotics. So echinacea products declined, pretty much forgotten, although in, Euro in the America, America in America, but in Europe, um, herbalists and homeopaths continue to use it. Um, they mention another person who travelled from Germany to America, um, who did a lot of research and used it a lot. Okay. Um, Dr. Mayer, they mention, um, believed in echinacea. Uh, what else does it say about him? Um, he might be surprised that it is now actually being used as an effective weapon against all sorts of disease, particularly infections. Um, it's effective against bacteria, for example. And then it goes on. Um, then it talks a bit about the plant. It says in paragraph G that it's drought resistant and that uh, key IELTS word, tolerant of most soils. Um, the flowers are purple. That's it, a paragraph about what it looks like. Um, then the final paragraph tells us these days how they use the liquid from the roots, from the flowers, and how you can use them at home. And that's it. So it's about the history, about what people believed about it, what's the truth about it, and then what you can do at home. But there's a lot there. There's a lot of short paragraphs that you now have to match. So let's have a look at um, the paragraph headings. All right, so let's look at these headings. So 
Heading number one, where to buy the best Echinacea. Two, what snake oil contained. Three, growing Echinacea. Four, how to use Echinacea plants. Five, earlier applications of Echinacea. Six, the origins of the term snake oil. Seven, early research into the effectiveness of Echinacea. Eight, how snake oil was first invented. Nine, the use of Echinacea in new locations. Ten, modern evidence of the effectiveness of Echinacea. And 11, early kinds of snake oil. Now, this is kind of what I found difficult, is that these all sound almost exactly the same. Um, but let's break them down into the structure of the text. So remember, the text started off by talking a lot about snake oil before it moved on then to talk about um, Echinacea how they used it in the early days and then finished up by using, um, well, research, early research and modern evidence. So there is that kind of chronology. So at least we can go back to the text and look for specific details. Um, also, the fact that they give you the first two answers. So I'm going to just scroll down a bit. Right. Let me go to the first two answers. Okay. So paragraph A, the answer was um, the origins of the term snake oil. So, of course, you have to just cross that out. We could guess that was early on because it says origins of the term. But unfortunately, they've given it to you. So cross it off. So it's taken away. You can't see it anymore. They also give you paragraph B or section B, and that is early kinds of snake oil. So again, completely cross that off. Now we're going to section C. And remember in section C, it talks about native to North America. Um, so that it talks about the North American Indians using it. And it goes into detail. It says they applied to wounds and stings, teeth, gum disease, even snake bite. So this gives us the answer, earlier applications of Echinacea. So the key word, I guess, is earlier. Um, applications, well, it does mention they applied um, it to wounds and stings. So there we have it. Section C is answer V or five earlier applications of Echinacea. Moving on to section D, remember after the American Indians it, Indians, it talked about the settlers who noticed how useful it was and then Mayer sent it as a blood purifier. Um, Lloyd was invent uh, right, so he sent that to John Lloyd, a pharmacist who didn't believe him. But then Lloyd was converted after a colleague, John King, tested the herb and successfully used it to treat bee stings and nasal congestion. So this is where they tested it and found that it did actually work. And here we have the heading early research into the effectiveness of Echinacea. So again, the word early helps us because it comes early on in the text and in the history of the herb. 
and research, obviously, is his colleague, John King, tested the herb. Okay, let's move on to section E. E talks about later when antibiotics became available and use of echinacea products declined. It was forgotten in the USA, but it was a different story in Europe where both French and German herbalists and homeopaths continued to make extensive use of it. It had been introduced there by Gerhard Madhouse, who travelled from Germany to America, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So this is quite a tricky one, I think. It's just the answer is the use of Echinacea in new locations. So new locations are France and Germany, French and German herbalists, um, though it was forgotten in the first location, which is the USA. Now, let's go to section F. Section F is quite a long section. There are actually three short paragraphs within it. Um, it, it basically goes on to talk about, um, well, modern evidence, really, that it is an effective weapon against all sorts of disease, particularly infections, that they found it to be effective against bacteria and protozoa. Um, its apparent ability to help with common ailments, um, anyway, so that's what it talks about in this paragraph. So it gives us the heading, Modern Evidence of the Effectiveness of Echinacea. The modern evidence is um, the fact that it is, it has been found to be effective. So that gives us paragraph heading X or 10. Then we go to paragraph G and it talks about the plant itself, you know, it goes back to talking about where it grows best in good soil, plenty of sun, grown from seed, it's perennial, looks like a daisy, that's it. Um, grown from seed, yes, that's it. And sometimes available from nurseries. So this gives us the heading three, which is growing Echinacea, because it talks about the soils, um, plenty of sun grown from seed available in nurseries. That's all about growing Echinacea. Finally, we go to paragraph H and it tells us a bit more about the flower. It says there are nine species. Um, it talks about what does it say? For the home grower, the roots are effective. Dig them up in autumn. After the tops have died back, wash and dry them carefully. Store them in glass containers. Um, harvest the tops through the summer. Eat small amounts from the plant. And that's it. So it talks about uh, how to use the Echinacea plant. And that gives us the heading, how to use the Echinacea plant, of paragraph four. So that's it, basically. Those are the headings. I'm just going quickly scrolling back to find out which ones are not used. Okay, so we've got one, where to buy the best Echinacea. So the trick there is, yes, I think it mentions that you can buy the flowers in a nursery, but it does not mention where to buy the best Echinacea. Um, 
Question two says what snake oil contained. Now, um, there was a paragraph which kind of said that it probably was not much more than water, but it wasn't really the whole of the paragraph. It wasn't a whole paragraph describing exactly what was in snake oil. So that is a trick and it's not used there. Um, what else is not used? Okay, um, how snake oil was first invented? Well, of course, it wasn't really an invention. It wasn't. It was basically coloured water. So nothing was invented. So that um, also is not used. So that's it. There are three not used, two which are given to you, and eight which you have to find. My goodness, no, six which you have to find. Does that add up? Six, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, it does, doesn't it? Hmm. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yes, it does. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, it does. Okay, great. So, in the next section, we will go and have a look at the true, false, not given. Okay, if you're still with me, well done. <laughs> this is a long one tonight. And um, yes, we've nearly finished. We've got to the true, false, not given. There are five, oh, there are a lot, sorry. Um, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39 and 40. So there are eight true, false, not given. So again, you know, a lot when you're tired. It's the last part of the, the reading test. Um Yes, so let's see what strategies we can use to try and make this a little bit easier for ourselves. Well, I often say that these are guessable. Um, so what I'd like you to do, I'm going to read them out now and just think to yourself from what you've already heard and what you would guess, how many of these do you think you can get right from guessing? Okay, so 34 says, snake oil sellers believed their product was effective. 35, most people in the Wild West mistrusted snake oil. 36, some snake oils were mostly water. 37, all snake oils contained echinacea. 38, Echinacea has been proven to kill microbes. 39, the highest quality Echinacea is grown in America. And the last question, number 40, more than one part of the Echinacea plant has a medicinal use. Okay, how many of those do you think you could guess? Well, I think the first one you could probably guess. Um, snake oil sellers believed their product was effective. Well, remember, these guys knew they were selling rubbish and they tried to escape from the town before anybody noticed. So even without looking, you'd probably guess um, that they realised it was not effective. And even in, well, paragraph A says selling snake oil was almost as risky or as dangerous as cattle stealing. You might be run out of town if your medicine, as you realised it would, failed to live up to 
its claims. Now, lots of vocabulary here. So claim, you know, like you buy um, anti-aging cream, it claims you will look younger, doesn't it? Is there any evidence for this? Well, we don't know. So the claim is a very important word in IELTS because IELTS is based on research and evidence. So something has to live up to its claims. It means it has to be successful in what it claims it is successful in. So, yes, it was dangerous because you'd have to leave town if, as you realised it would, it failed to live up to its claims. So there's clear evidence here that the snake oil sellers knew that their product was not effective. So 34 is very clearly false. 35, well, I think there are clues here. It says most people in the Wild West mistrusted snake oil. So most people is asking for a percentage, really. You know, most people would be like 98% of the people did not trust snake oil. We can probably guess that, but there is no evidence in the text. It does not give us any figure about how many people mistrusted snake oil. So for that reason, it is not given. Most people, most, and these kind of quantity words are very often um, signals or signs that the answer is not given or false because you have to look for um, percentages or numbers and very often it's, there is no percentage so it's not given. Um, in 36, it says some snake oils were mostly water. Now, we've mentioned this before, and it's, there's clear evidence here. Um, those that weren't harmless coloured water could be positively dangerous. So because you've got the word some in the statement, this sentence says exactly that. Some of them were just coloured water, others could be dangerous. So the answer is true. Question 37 says all snake oils contained echinacea. Now, the word all, again, we've got a quantity word and it's a dangerous one because all is saying 100% of these oils. Every single snake oil contained echinacea. Now, we can guess, of course, that that was not true. We know already that most of them just contained coloured water. So we could guess that that is false. But then in the text, we always need evidence. It says, um, uh, what's remarkable is that many of these claims, or at least their ingredients, were plant-based have since, oh, blah, 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 sorry, it's a long paragraph. Um, what's remarkable is that so many of these claims made for some of these remedies, sorry, or at least their ingredients, most of them plant-based, but not all of them. So there is a sentence in paragraph B there which says that most of the ingredients, um, but not all, we were looking for all. So the answer for 37 is false because most is telling you that all is wrong. Question 38 
Echinacea has been proven to kill microbes. Now, this is a tricky one. Um, we'd, of course, quickly go to the evidence, um, the more recent evidence that it can kill microbes. And actually, there's a vocabulary word there that they help you with. The vocabulary word is protozoa, which is a type of microorganism. They tell you this. So you have to guess that a microorganism is a microbe and that, yes, German researchers have used it successfully to treat a range of infections and it's effective against bacteria and protozoa. So the answer there is true, although I would agree with you if you'd said that, well, there's no evidence that it actually kills the microbes. There doesn't seem to be a synonym, but the answer is true. Question 39 says the highest quality echinacea is grown in America. Um, again, we know that this flower was grown in America, but there's nothing about the highest quality. In fact, there's nothing about the quality or where to find the best quality. So that answer is not given. And finally, you'll be very happy to know Question 40, it says more than one part of the Echinacea plant has a medicinal use. Now, what would you guess for this one? Imagine if it said all parts of the plant have medicinal uses. Well, we'd be looking for something that said all 100%, every single part of the plant is medicinal. Well, that's a too extreme. It's an extreme word. So this one says more than one part. So you would kind of guess, well, that's probably true, isn't it? That it's not just the flower, it's probably another part. Uh, so in paragraph H, it says, most European studies um, have used blah, blah, blah from the tops of plants and extraction in the USA has been from the roots. Today, manufacturers blend both sometimes adding flowers and seeds to improve the quality. Oh, there is a mention of quality there, but that's not the answer. So the answer here is yes, they use the flowers, they use the roots, and sometimes they use the seeds. So the answer for question 40 is true. All right, so well done for sticking with me. Um, that was a difficult one. I'm really sorry that was a long one as well. But if I were you, I would definitely go to my website um, and have a look at this one because of the vocabulary as well. Um, really so much key vocabulary here. Um, it's all medicinal, of course. Or, yeah, so you've got the whole thing about cure, medicine, remedies, ailments, um, research, um, I'm looking through it. I mean, there's so much to eliminate a host of ailments, medical qualifications, um, wounds, stings, gum disease, to treat colds, measles, arthritis, um, blood purifier, to treat bee stings, nasal congestion, um, herbalists, homeopaths, extensive use, um, ointments, liquids, injections, um, what else? Science has confirmed treatment for wounds, relieving arthritis, 
effective weapon against all sorts of disease. Oh, it just goes on. I mean, it's full. If, you're, if you've got a medical background, you'll be fine. Um, but I would totally go back, read this really carefully now, not for reading practice, just for vocabulary. Um, I think it's a really useful text. Okay, I'll try and put that on my website as soon as I have time. Thank you ever so much for sticking with me. Um, let me know if you have any questions um, or post them on Facebook or Instagram or actually on my website too. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Speak soon. Bye.